Hey everybody, this is Brent Kellogg, the pastor of Hill Spring Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Our prayer is that this would inspire you, build your faith, and help you take the next step in Christ. Enjoy the message. It is a beautiful Mother's Day, and we love to cherish and appreciate our moms. Amen, everybody. So we just want to make some promises to you today, Mom, that we are going to clean our rooms. Right? We're not going to get on social media today. Right, kids? Right? We're not going to roll our eyes one time at Mom today, are we? No. Happy Mother's Day, Moms, right? So I, I, I thought there's probably no better way to honor Mom this morning than by to tell a touching story about uh, the history of a comic book character. Like, I know moms can connect with that, right? So we jump into a little Americana, American history. In June of 1938, Action Comics released their first edition, and that is what is considered to be the beginning of superhero genre, and I know most moms could care less, right? But anyway, two guys, a guy by the name of Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, created a character by the name of Superman. For the record, August 24th of 2014, a copy of that edition sold for $3.2 million. It was rated like 9 out of 10 in its mint absolutely condition, $3.2 million. So Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster, in 1960, they released edition 263, and it was known as Bizarro World. Okay, and so it was this concept of this idea of this whole other place. It was basically Earth spelled backwards, which was Hutre, and and so everything was just opposite. And and you've seen this played out in culture in a variety of of different ways of oh, it's just opposite day or or bizarro world. And so they talked a little bit different. They actually talked little a uh, little crude, if you will, and like us hate beauty. Us love ugliness, okay? And so what's exciting about this is like guys like me finally have a chance in life, right? Because it's opposite world. Like if you were dumb, that led to success. So I was just born on the wrong planet, right? In bizarro world, everything is backwards. Everything's backwards. And there's part of today's message that those that are listening to Jesus talk and the words that come out of his mouth they're going to have their own version of bizarro world. They're going to have their own version of just feels like it's opposite of what human nature is. It's going to be kind of this moment of, say, say what? Mark chapter 8 tells the story of Jesus, and he is confirming to his disciples, and he's confirming to the crowd that's around him that he is the long-awaited Messiah. Like they had thoughts, they had ideas, the disciples followed him, believing that. But here's, here's the problem. We spent some time talking about this last week. He wasn't the Messiah they were expecting. Here's the problem. They were, expecting, they were expecting possibly two, if not four different types of Messiahs, okay? The Messiah they were wanting, the Messiah they were expecting, Jesus didn't look anything like that. He didn't meet those expectations. Sure, he had done some miracles. He had healed people, he taught like nobody else around him taught, so he taught with this incredible power, he had anointing, he had this divine power to prove he's not just another man, he truly was sent from God, but they were just expecting something different. And this story, this moment is really kind of where the rubber meets the road, if you will. 
They were looking for a Messiah who would set them free from Rome. They were looking for independence. They had political reform on the brain. But Jesus was after something different. Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. We've got a lot of work to do. We're going to read several verses here because this whole story, we're going to kind of pick into last week, carry it over into this week, into this whole conversation. So verse 27 says, Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say like John the Baptist. But that's not even possible because Jesus and John the Baptist did ministry parallel. Some say Elijah, and what's interesting about John the Baptist and Elijah, they both had this political reformation about their ministry. They both called out corruption in government. But then others say that you're just one of the prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up. Peter replied, well, I think you're the Messiah. And Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Matthew gives some details that Mark doesn't include. Matthew goes on and tells a little bit more of the conversation, this exchange that happens between Peter and Jesus. Because Peter spoke up and said, well, you are the Messiah. And Jesus explains how he came to know that. Like he didn't just wake up one day with that idea. He didn't discover this on his own. In Matthew 16, it says, Jesus said, well, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, this idea, this concept that you've heard from the voice of God, that I will build my church, and all the powers of hell cannot conquer it. And somebody ought to say amen. Jesus came as a suffering Messiah, but they were expecting a soldier Messiah. They were expecting someone to set them free from the oppression and the governance of the Romans. And Simon has this moment where he says, well, I believe you're the Messiah. I, I, think you're, I think you're the one. And Jesus says, good job. Good job. Like you didn't, you didn't understand that except that the Spirit of God revealed that to you. You didn't figure that out on your own. Good job, Peter, because you've heard that still small voice of the Lord speaking to you. And, and by the way, that's what the future of God's kingdom will look like. You won't have to go to the high priest to hear from God. You and I can come boldly before the throne of grace. We don't have to go through a person. We go through Jesus Christ himself. Jesus becomes our high priest. And I can have direct access to God. So just, just imagine being Peter. Like, well, I think you're the Messiah. Good job, buddy. You got it. You have just heard from God. Yeah, it did. That was nothing. Guys, you hear that? I'm blessed. Changed my name right there. Yep, I heard from God. John, you want me to see if God has anything to say about you? Like, you tell me what to say about you. You mean, you know. I mean, blessed and all that. Like, in this moment, Peter is feeling his Cheerios, and I think he's very confident, very spiritually confident, right? And he takes it one step further. Like, hey, while I'm here hearing the voice of God, let me throw a few more things into it. And that's the context of our story, okay? This is how this conversation goes. Who do they say that I am? Well, some think you're John the Baptist or other prophet. Well, what about you? Well, I, I believe. I, I say you're the Messiah. You're blessed, Peter. Like, you let the Holy Spirit of God reveal that to you. And now that you know I'm the Messiah, let me tell you how this is going to go. In that moment, everyone just kind of leans in. 
When, when's the army going to show up, Jesus? Where's the battle with us and the Romans going to take place? What's your government going to look like, Jesus? Can I, can I be in your cabinet? And as they lean in and they listen to Jesus talk about what it's like for him to be the Messiah and how this is all going to play out, this is what he tells them. And every year is listening because he's, he's told them, yeah, what he said, I'm, I'm the Messiah. Oh, what's that going to look like? Verse 31. And then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man, which is a clear reference to the Messiah, must suffer many terrible things, be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He will be killed. Three days later, he would raise, rise from the dead. No, 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 not, not that, Jesus, the other details. Talk about your political reform. Talk about your political strategy. How do we become free people? What are you going to do with the Romans? Like, where's all that going to take place? And right here in verse 31, he told them exactly what was going to happen. That he would be crucified, he'd be rejected, he would raise from the dead, and they didn't hear a word of it. Because it's not what they were expecting. That wasn't the details that they were expecting. Peter said, I think you're the Messiah. Jesus says, that's right. Jesus begins to talk about what that would look like, that he'd be rejected, he would die, he'd be raised to life after three days. And Peter, who was just boldly influenced by the Holy Spirit of God, feels like he needs to speak up again on God's behalf. And he speaks into that moment, verse 32. As Jesus, as he talked openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Let that sink in. That Peter, a fisherman, felt like he needed to reprimand the Messiah. Jesus turned around and looked at the disciples, and then he, he reprimanded Peter. And he says, get away from me, Satan. You're not seeing things merely, you're seeing things from a merely human point of view. You're seeing what you want to see. You're seeing this from a selfish angle. You're not seeing this from God's perspective. Peter just went from blessed are you to get behind me. You know, sometimes Jesus doesn't answer prayers the way we think he should. Sometimes Jesus sets standards that we don't feel like are fair. Sometimes Jesus says no when we desperately want a yes. Or sometimes he says go when we would rather just stay. And out of Peter's own selfish perspective, his own selfish ambition, Peter rebuked the person he believed to be the Messiah. Don't say that, Jesus. Don't talk like that. That's not going to be good for the Messiah campaign. Don't, don't say those things, Jesus, because that's not going to go well for your popularity. The crowds will leave if you talk like that. And then Jesus goes into what I believe is one of the most beautiful, one of the most meaningful, one of the most powerful monologues that's found in all of the Gospels. Starts in verse 34. After he's kind of corrected Peter, get behind me, Satan, he says this. Then calling the crowds to join his disciples, he says, if any of you wants to be my follower... You need to give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. To be honest with you, Christianity is summed up in three things. Give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Like, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for the sake of the gospel, for Jesus' sake, and for the sake of the good news, 
Then you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? What if you have all the money in this earth but you spend eternity in hell? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns to the glory of his Father, the holy angels. Holy Moses, there's a lot of theology there. There's a lot of church practice ideas that are wrapped up in that. Some of the most profound words of Jesus, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. Jesus with this short yet powerful statement about what life in his kingdom looks like left everyone confused. Why? Because the predominant idea of that day, of that crowd, is that Jesus was there to be their king, to be their political messiah. And kings are served. Cook, where's my lunch? Where's my dinner, right? I mean, they have people do their bidding. They have servants. They have cooks. They sit up on this throne. They bark orders. They give commands, and it's done. Great military leaders, they have a knack for sending other people into battle. They can stand with brave resolve with other people's lives on the line. To climb to the top of a social ladder, right? It's you use other people as your rungs, as you step on them to advance yourself. Money is the most potent kind of power. You get as much of it as you can get. You only give it away if it improves how people see you. You only give if it benefits yourself. And this idea you only live once. We've shortened that in 2023 to YOLO. You only live once. So if it feels good, do it. Only give it if you have it to give. Certainly don't sacrifice your comfort for the improvement of others. Those, my friends, are the unwritten rules of life. That's how you get to the top. That's how you lead as a political leader. That's how you govern over people. And Jesus took every one of those unwritten rules of life and he turned them upside down. And he took them to task. And he dropped some kind of bizarro world on top of where opposite is actually true and it works. If I give myself everything I want, then I'll be happy. Like even King Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, that's the sum of the book. He says, listen, I denied myself. No, I, I took everything I want. Women, money, possessions, I, decided, I denied myself nothing. I took everything I wanted. At the end of the day, it was all meaningless. Like if I give myself everything I want, it makes me think I'll be happy, but in the end, I'm just spoiled and never satisfied. Jesus, in this dynamic moment of revelation, is telling his followers, he's telling his disciples, he's telling the crowd there that day, yes, I am the Messiah. No, not a political Messiah. But yes, I was sent here to make your life better but it's not what you think it is. If you want to come after me, if you want to really be my follower, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It's a roadmap for biblical living. So let's unpack all three of those this morning and talk about how they work. The first one is deny yourself. Literally, I just added to that selfless living. 
It's a life that learns to see, learns to think others first. Others first. So this works in marriage. Like you want to make your, better, your marriage better? Deny yourself. Paul would say the exact same thing, use this exact same principle, instructing Christian marriages. Ephesians 5.21. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband's the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He's the savior of his body, the church. Verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, Wives, you need to submit to your husbands and everything. It's not real popular in 2023. Husbands, I mean, loves your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. It's not real popular, but it's this idea of mutual submission. I submit my wants, my life, my desires to fulfilling yours. And you submit your life, your desires, your wants to fulfilling mine. So how do you fight with that person that is dead set on making sure you're fulfilled? I just want you to be happy. Oh, sugar button, I just want you to be happy, right? This idea of others first, Paul teaches it for how we should live in our marriage. So it works in marriage. But it also works in your career. And you don't have to step on other people's heads to climb the ladder. Trust God with your promotion. Be that humble servant that says, man, I'm just glad I'm a part of the team. Saw a great example of this. Channel 8 did a story on it a couple of years ago this past February. Claremore Sequoia named their high school basketball floor, the court in their high school gym, they named it after a guy named Butch Ryan. The reason why it caught my attention, I know some of his relatives. Uh, They're teachers actually at Ulaga. And I thought, man, this is a great story. Butch was not a star athlete at Claremore. It's not like he broke any school records or any state records or anything like that. It's not like he donated a bunch of money to the school and so they were pulling a T-Boone Pickens here. It's not what happened. They gave him this, they named the floor after him, Butch Ryan Floor, because he was the high school janitor. Faithfully served the district with a humble and great attitude for over 35 years. He was the one that cleaned that floor. And sometimes in today's society, we're so wowed by athletes and their ability to kick, throw, pass, catch a ball. They can do amazing things. Or somebody that just has this talent that, oh my goodness. But sometimes just being humbly faithful, keep showing up, keep doing the simple stuff, it pays off way down the line. Selfless living. Deny yourself. Secondly, probably the heaviest part of that statement Jesus makes is, is take up your cross. Deny yourself and, and take up your cross. So I, I just said giving Christ my all. Just giving Christ my all. To the audience that was standing there that day, that was shocking. You and I, we, we do not, we do not have a cultural understanding of what Jesus was saying. Because to you and I, the cross is jewelry, it's artwork. But to them that were there that day, it was absolutely Shocking. It was not a piece of jewelry that you wore to profess your faith about anything. It was not a piece of artwork that you would hang on your wall. It was despised. It was, it, its intention was an instrument of execution that was used by the world superpower, the Romans, to instill fear in every person and place that they conquered. 
And after the Romans would mock you and humiliate you and beat you within an inch of your life, then when you had no strength, when you barely had life in you, they required you to carry your own cross to the place where you would die. Take up your cross. Jesus is saying, listen, you need to, you need to take up your electric chair. They were shocked. Jesus, that won't win any elections. The focus groups are not going to like this. That will not trend on social media, Jesus. This will not inspire the masses. What do you mean, take up your cross? This will not inspire the masses to follow you. Yet Jesus was calling his disciples to humbly be willing to lay down your life for the gospel. Chuck Swindoll says it this way. Why forfeit eternal joy in the next life? Because you're clinging to fleeting happiness in this life. Paul would also later clarify this theological idea about the cross. 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed to destruction. But we who are being saved, we know it's the very power of God. Selfless living, giving Christ my all, and the number three is following Jesus. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It's decision time. That's what he was saying to the 12. And they'd been with Jesus at least a year, maybe two. Thaddeus, it's decision time. Thomas, it's decision time. Bartholomew, Judas, what are you gonna do? They had seen some cool stuff. They had heard some very powerful, interesting teaching. This feels like decision time. What are you, what are you gonna do? Peter had just declared, Jesus, I believe you're the Messiah. And, and this was Jesus' way of, of looking at the people that were with him. And he's like, so Peter just thinks I'm the Messiah. What, what are you, you going to do with that? What are you going to do if I don't kick the Romans out? This powerful monologue from Jesus puts you and I in a place where we have to make a decision about Jesus. I believe my whole heart, heaven and hell are real. I believe with all my heart, Jesus is the way, truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. No man accesses heaven. No man accesses paradise through any other means except through placing their faith in Jesus Christ. And we hear these things, right? But what do we do with them? What do we really, really believe about eternity? Because for some followers, my fear is Jesus is just a just-in-case insurance policy. I mean, I think heaven's real. And, I mean, I'd rather do that than, turn, you know, burn. And in this moment with Jesus, he is with clarity saying to his disciples, there can be no fair weather followers. Those who were following Jesus who, who wanted to see a show, maybe they wanted to get a glimpse of him healing someone or Jesus, do, do a miracle so we'll believe. Or, or maybe they were after a free meal when he would feed the multitudes. They need not waste their time or his. People were expecting Jesus to lead them to a life of comfort, prosperity, and power would soon be disappointed. This moment, this message, it had a way of thinning the crowd. It's not a call to self-help. 
It's a call to sacrifice and self-surrender. As I prayed about this and I thought about my life as doing my best, and I still don't understand the gravity and the dread and the fear of a Roman execution cross. Well, I think back over my life and I think about this call from Jesus. What's interesting about this request is that there is abundant hope wrapped in it. This call to just completely surrender yourself to the gospel, this impossible calling, there's this desire on the inside of us that says, I know that sounds hard, but, but I need to do that. I want to do that. There's something inside of us compelling us. Yeah, yeah, that, that take up your cross thing. I need to do that. There's something in us that's pulling us towards that. You hear these words, deny yourself. Yeah, yeah, I, I need to do that. Take up your cross. Yeah, I, I want to I do that. Follow me. There is within us this desire to become more like Christ. When we read this impossible calling, it is absolutely wrapped with hope and grace and a desire that I can, I want to do this. Something inside of us inspires us to take these steps and follow that road to living a biblical life. That's why you said yes to the gospel. That's why even this morning hearing that, as heavy as it can sound and the reality that Jesus wouldn't be king, he would be a suffering Messiah. There's still something pulling us towards that call. So what world do you live in? Your world? Are you calling the shots? You do what you think it takes in order for you to be happy and for you to be fulfilled and fulfill yourself and make sure you're secure. Or do you live in this bizarro world that Jesus called to? That Jesus called us to. It's a world that it feels upside down. It feels like opposite worlds. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It's decision time. Even if you've given your life to Christ, are you living that? Or are you living that Jesus is just a just-in-case insurance policy? And oftentimes we presume too much upon the grace of God. Here's the gospel as plain, pure, and simple as I can make. <laughs> all, all of us are a hot mess. Like even the most sincere of good old boy, humble person could come along and they still don't meet the requirements. All of humanity is sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And while you were stuck in that selfish old nature of sin, God knew that we all needed a, a way out. And Jesus said, I'll go. I'll go with, with the help of being fully God. I'll, I'll go and I'll live a perfect, perfect sinless life and then I will be that perfect sacrifice. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. So Jesus willingly laid down his life. His blood was shed so that you and I could find forgiveness of sin 
and live in relationship with our Creator. The Bible says if you'd confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart, God supernaturally raised Him from the dead, you will, not maybe, not might, not can, baby, you will be saved. But you got to lay your life down and embrace it. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done that? Maybe the answer to that is no. Well, I'm glad you're here today. Mother's Day 2023 brought you here for the best eternal decision you could ever make. Or maybe you did years ago, but you've been doing it Frank Sinatra, I'll do it my way. And deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, looks nothing like your life. This morning, that hope, that calling is begging you into a biblical life of following Jesus his way. The call is the same either way. All across this room, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody moving around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to walk the aisle, talk to anybody. I just want to lead you in a simple prayer where we confess and believe that Jesus really is Lord. If you know today you're not in right relationship with God, I invite you just right where you're at just to whisper this prayer. Just say this prayer. This is our way of confessing before me. Just pray this prayer. You ready? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today because I need you. My life is a And I don't want that sin anymore. Today I turn from it. I'm asking you to come into my life. I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to save me. Begin to change me. Make me a new person. Today, Jesus, I surrender my whole life to you. Never head bowed, never eye closed. I'm not going to ask you to walk the aisle. I'm not going to. I just want to pray for you. Nobody's looking. It's just me. Would you slip your hand up as you prayed that prayer with me? Real high. Let me pray for you today. Anybody here? Lift it up real high. In the spirit of the living God, we pray for hundreds of people. Kids, students, families. We're to be changed by the power of the gospel. There's life in the gospel. Lord, help us, to, help us to walk in biblical living where we push away from selfishness. We deny ourselves. God, we give you everything we have. Father, we follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, come on, give God praise this morning. Amen. Come on, Pastor. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's a couple of things I want to invite you to do. First, hit the subscribe button. That way, you won't miss a single episode. Secondly, if this message has impacted you and you would like to help us reach others, visit our website at hillspring.tv and hit the Give Now button so that we can take this message around the globe. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.